The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to the Miles Mikulski podcast, where we talk to some of your favorite artists and talk all things music-related, mainly hip-hop, but, you know, we might have to fling in a few things along the way. If you enjoy any of the content, make sure you follow me on socials at Miles Mikulski. Basically, it's in my name. If you're listening to it right now, you'll be able to see my name right there. I ain't going to spell it out because that's kind of long still. But follow me on socials to keep updated on who the next guest will be in the future. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into another episode of the Miles Mikulski podcast. What's going on, people? You're locked into Miles Presents. And right now, I'm joined by a talent whose stock continues to rise. Loads of awards. And now, the number one album in the UK. Celeste, introduce yourself. Say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. So, <laughs> we're on w- Wizard Radio. That's right. That's correct. Uh, are you a wizard? Uh, no, not really. I, I can't say I've got... I can't do spells. I can't do magic tricks. I can't do judge. None of that stuff. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it real. You know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, so let's talk about your brand new album, which is out right now. Like I said earlier, it's number one, not your muse. And um, yeah, it's just been a crazy journey for you because I know it's probably been about what, seven years in the making since you kind of first came onto the scene and then you've been kind of labeled a newcomer now. And you've got this album that's got number one. So, but really and truly, your your kind of path started out back in like 2014 or 15 with like Songs of Avicii and stuff on one of his albums. Mm, Yeah, well, actually, I was speaking to someone about this earlier, but when I first started writing, I was like 18. And um, the person who sort of first recognised my music, who ended up being my manager for like the first sort of like four or five years of me, like sort of stepping into all of that stuff, He was just starting out himself and he kind of managed to like blag me in with like people that were already published and signed. And um, I was really there with the intention of writing for myself. But in that time, like a couple of the songs that I wrote around like that age got picked up by like people like Avicii, like who you mentioned and like some other producers and artists at the time. And I didn't, it wasn't really my intention at all to like align myself with like those genres of music. And it wasn't really the kind of thing that I really listened to myself at that time, but it gave me an opportunity to like keep persevering and keep trying to kind of like find my way with my own career. Yeah. And yeah, that was always my intention, but I just never really knew how to get there. So I kind of just took it like each day at a time. And like all of those opportunities just seemed like, so like big to me because like I'd really come out of like bright growing up in Brighton like really normal family no connection to like the music industry 
And so it was just kind of like one of those things where any opportunity I was sort of given, I was like, I just have to go for it. And eventually like, I'll find my way and I'll find my feet to like present myself in the way that is, is me. But this is just like the stepping stones until that point really. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of how those things came about early on. Yeah, I mean, it's important when you think about that and the journey that you can kind of go on because the music climate years ago is not how it is now. And with the sound that you've got, which is, it's, I know you're like 20, what, 26? mid, yeah. So like mid-20s. Yeah. And then, but the sound that you're creating, it sounds like you should be like 75 years old in the jazz club, <laughs> clicking, clicking and doing all that. And it's just like, it sounds so, you know what I'm trying to say though? It's like so yeah. much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to say you should be a 75-year-old woman, you know? <laughs> but, oh, I like that, I like that. Yeah, it just sounds so like, mature and it sounds like for example you know when you're talking about like strangers and stuff and it's like how you could be a stranger then you could be cool be lovers and you're back to being a stranger like, I don't know you who's that so stuff like that is is real facts which some people kind of don't really think about let alone put that into into music itself anyway I think that even when I first started out writing there was this sense and I even had it with myself I remember like when I was like 19 thinking like some of the stuff I'm writing about is a bit beyond my years and I don't think people can respect it or really listen to it coming out of my like teenage mouth yeah so and I was aware that like I wasn't really writing about like popular culture stuff or like this the experiences of people my own age even at that time and I think then I also realized that my music may not be able to kind of like sink in until I'm just a bit older and people can like respect me carrying those kinds of narratives as yeah. well because I have a bit more time sort of you know like that has gone by um but I guess like the music that I've always been inspired by has always come from sort of a place that predates my existence you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also like being an only child growing up like all around adults like my immediate family from a completely generate deep completely different generation to the one that I've grown up in and like to the time that I was born in like all of my immediate family like aunts and uncles were like born in the 60s or the 40s or the 70s and I I only have two young cousins and they're like 10 and 12 so they're growing up in a completely different time to me so I guess I was always just exposed to like the conversations that adults were having more so than like people my own age and some of that wisdom I guess sinks in seeps in somewhere yeah. and then there's still a lot like you have to realize and learn for yourself which obviously I, I still am as as things go on um but I definitely think that's also a reason for like my music having that kind of like side to it yeah I mean it's important to have that because like you said you're creating this music seven eight years ago but mm. it's kind of like you had to wait for the world to kind of grow up in a sense and also like appreciate what you were doing. Because when you think about like some of the awards, you know, that you've you've had in the last year and year and a half, you know, like with the Brit, Brit Awards, BBC, like all these rising star projects and stuff. Like when you think about like, especially soul, jazz, R&B, you wouldn't really see an artist like yourself get that like in 2015. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm. now we're very much more, or I don't say we, because I like the music in the first place, but everyone, yeah. the mainstream is very much more accepting of that. And 
I've, yeah. I think I read an article where you were talking on The Guardian about stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. it, it kind of all links in and it all makes pathways. But it's good to hear your concept on that as well. Mm, yeah, I think that just like something that like within what you just said there is sometimes it just takes a while for people to like be ready for something. And I think like there's something in all artists where they their job is to almost like to be either so sensitive to the times that it's almost like they kind of have um some futuristic view you know of what's yeah. going to happen or they're just it's their job to be ahead of the times and people kind of come around to their ideas when they're ready for it like someone who I always think about in that in that way and in that context is like someone like Skepta and like any of those people that came out of like the grime world yeah and like me hearing that when I was like 10, 12 years old, and then seeing literally like 13 years later, that kind of like explode in the mainstream. But like, there were so many things that had to like, sort of seep in to like mm -hmm. society for people to kind of like, be like, sort of equipped to like understand those narratives and to understand the, the language and to understand those stories. And I think that like, I remember like one day like seeing Made in Chelsea nice. and someone like using some slang that would be in a grime song and being like, wow, <laughs> how times have changed because like 10 years ago, people would be like, you know, like something like mm -hmm. Ali G came around, which was kind of like taking the mick out of that kind of language yeah. when it was just like really day-to-day -day normal for people living in those places and living in those environments. And like, it just took a while for like, the world to catch up with with that and actually recognize like what they did was like pioneering like they literally like, invented a genre yeah. like it's it's a rarity to do that and I think that like whenever you do something that's different it tests people's minds and it tests sort of like what they're willing to believe in and it sometimes just takes like time for people to kind of like adjust and like get used to that and it's then down to like the artist or like the individual to like have the determination, like the self-belief to know that at some point people are gonna see this, they're gonna hear this and they're really gonna feel it. But you know, like you just have to keep going, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to, to do that. And even mm. when we look at and bring it towards for your album, there's yeah. stuff on this album that has been out for a couple of years, but sits nicely in not your muse for example like the song that's on compilations 1.1 i think it's the second track yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and like i know that one was like was that inspired by you going over to america at one point and kind of seeing the craziness that was going on with the forest fires and stuff in 2019 yeah well there was like so many things in that song that sort of happened leading up to me writing it yeah i have some like connection to the u.s because i was born there and i have family over there um and like when I was 16, my dad fell ill with cancer. So I went over there to see him a couple of times and I hadn't seen him since I was like 10 years old. And it was okay. kind of like, he's ill, like we've got to go see him because if something happens here, we'll regret it if we don't kind of thing. Of course. Yeah, so we went there and um, I remember like visiting him in, in this hospital and I ended up staying in the hospital with him for a few days. They just let me like set up a bed and just like, I just stayed in there. And um, the last place I saw him was in that hospital. And then 
going like five years later, however long it was, six years later, I started going to LA with my manager, Duncan, to go and write and stuff. And one day we were driving home from one of the studios. He'd picked me up and we were driving back to the Airbnb. And I sort of started to recognize the area. And I just had this horrible feeling in my stomach. And as we got closer and closer and things became a bit more like vivid, I was like, ah, this is where we are. And I saw this huge, great, massive hospital, which was like the last place that I'd seen my dad. And I think I'd kind of suppressed those emotions for like a number of years. Yeah. And all of a sudden it all just came like flooding back in that moment. And the sort of sense of loss was so exposed again in such a raw way. And then it was only like a few days after that, that I went in the studio and wrote that song Strange, which is like ultimately a song about loss, whether it be of like friends, relationships, it can even be wealth, job, loss of understanding and knowing of self. It's kind of like all of those things coming together. Yeah. And something else that was really poignant in that week of being in LA was that like on the side of, on the West side where the studio, where the studio is, there had been these like insanely intense forest fires and like so many people had lost their homes. And I remember driving to the studio the day that we wrote Strange and on the radio, like, hearing little snippets of people talking about the damage that had happened to their homes, the things that they'd lost inside their homes. And I think that mixed with like me going past that hospital that day together, it was the sort of potion that then was conjured to create the sort of feeling that then came up in me writing that song. And for me, like all the writing is in the feeling. And then the words are there to translate it. It's kind of like, if if the feeling inside my stomach is one language and the words are another, somewhere in the middle, like I'm the translator. Yeah. And like, that's that's all I know, like how to do it really. And you know what, like what you said there is so poignant because you can feel kind of like stories. If we went through like every single song and broke down some of the stories, you'd hear for a very, very long time. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But like I can, I like you can kind of really see like the attention to like detail that you've put throughout the whole tape. Like, what's one of the songs that maybe someone might have overlooked the first time? The actual message behind. I'm sure there's something that you might have intricately put in there that people have just overlooked, even myself as well. There's there's probably definitely a couple of songs that do that in other ways. Like a song like The Promise is like quite a playful song but definitely like something I wanted to introduce in terms of like the production was like a metaphor that sort of mimicked what I was talking about in the lyric. And like the lyric is so sort of like everyday, like sort of stuff. It's just like about like having a romance, like a person that you always go back to and like, you kind of know it's destructive and you know it's not really the right thing, the right person, the right place, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But you find yourself keep going back around in circles with them. And when I first heard the guitar chords from Mark, who who wrote that song on the guitar in my band, when I first heard the chords, it reminded me of like 8am, leaving a party with that person thinking, what am I doing? And you know, you wake up three in the afternoon and you're just like, why have we done this again? Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> I hear it. And I hear in the it. music, I wanted to introduce that kind of like dreamlike, kind of like that here we go again thing. And But I guess there's other songs that have a bit more like, I guess, yeah, a bit deeper than that, where I guess Ideal Woman and Not Your Muse definitely have that 
to them and even tell me something I don't know. Like it's a song about like, it's a song that came out of like my frustration in terms of like the circumstances that I find unfortunately a lot of people living in here in the UK and and um but then the second part of that song says like I've been doing everything the same as him still don't know why which is kind of me saying like as a woman I said the same thing he did two years ago but you didn't listen two years ago now he's saying it you're doing it like it was kind of like me saying that and um and yeah ideal woman is kind of like me saying um we shouldn't have like an expectation for what we think a person should, should be, be like. in society yeah and what, what we think they should like live up to um and just accept that like the good comes with the bad and like understand that as a beautiful thing rather than as like a bad thing yeah i think there's just when you break these down there's so many, like much more complexities to it i might have to go back after this and go listen to it again you know <laughs> Like, we'll go, like I said, break that down. And we're going to move really quickly as well to some of the other things that you've been working on because I know we're running out of time. And, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Working on the soundtrack of Soul. Oh, yeah, that was so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the film yet because I think I saw what, Disney Plus. I haven't got that. On so, Disney Plus, yeah. 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 I, when I uh, get a chance to watch it, I will. So I know get that you will. And then you know, do the thing. Just get. I recommend watching it. It's really good. It's Listen, really, really good. Yeah. It may be really true, but I think it'll look weird me having a Disney Plus subscription. So um, <laughs> okay. we just we just wait for it to come cinema when cinema's open. You know, there was there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but how how was that for you? Like working? Was that was that with uh, John Baptiste? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he'd been working on the score for like, I think maybe five years before I was involved. And he's just been nominated for like best score actually at the Golden Globes. And I hope he wins and hopefully he gets nominated at the Oscars too, because like, for me, like, you know, like we always look for references to people who have pre-existed us to sort of give us some comfort or understanding of like what that person potentially possesses which to me is like, it's not always necessary. But the reason why I, I find it with John Baptiste, he's he's more than this because we're living in different times as well. Yeah. But like, I think of Cab Calloway and like what he did with Disney, like back in the thirties and forties, like bringing like black music to a Disney film, like bringing jazz and blues to Disney. And like yeah. John Baptiste has done that in its truest form. like. I'm sure he'll have like moments where he's like, oh, I don't know about this, don't know about that. But to me, like when I hear that soundtrack, it just sounds like he hasn't had to compromise his integrity. He hasn't done it. He hasn't done it to a click, which for me is like amazing because like when he sent me the music to It's All Right, like the engineer was trying to get a metronome and I was like, there's no metronome. And I was like, this is great news because like, so often when you do stuff to a brief there's so many rules and you can see that he's like gone against those and it served him so well and like it takes a lot of like bravery to do that in the context of these sorts of things as well so he just deserves all the all the good stuff in my opinion and I really just came on at like the very last minute and did the duet with him of the Curtis Mayfield song It's All Right um, which is like a song from like 70s. 70s, yeah. Yeah, from Curtis Mayfield. And um, I, I'm such a fan of Curtis Mayfield and 
I was told that it would be one of his songs. I didn't know what it was. And I just said yes straight away. And then I was sent the music that John had made for it. And I was just so honored to like have a glimpse into this film, like just a little bit before everybody else did and like get to see the film early on. And I was just like amazed. Like, I think that film is such a gift to be honest. Like mm. the story is incredible. It made me cry, you know, it made me feel like elation. So. I mean, yeah. you're, you're selling, we're, we're here to talk about you, but you're selling that film kind of well, you no, know. No, because I wouldn't <laughs> even do that because I've actually got my, my, my songs on a soundtrack for another film that I'm also really proud of. But like, I, th- that film, it, it really moved me. It really moved me. Mm, all right, you're, I'm going to have to try and watch it. But I'll listen yeah. to it first, then I'll watch it after. You know, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing as well, I know it's obviously 2021 right now, but something, from obviously you are you have ties to Lily Allen as well from the past. She was one of the people that yeah. was influential for you. And um, you followed in her footsteps by doing the John Lewis and Waitrose advert. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I've got to, got to tie it in somehow, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, yeah, like being kind of the the song on the voice of that campaign, obviously, especially like last Christmas, because it was a COVID Christmas, which sounds like yeah. some sort of terrible play, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yeah. Like how how was that? Like that's that's a, again another massive achievement. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Lily because like in knowing that she did it, it made me feel like oh, this is a quite a cool thing to do because I always liked the the version that she did of um that song somewhere only we know for the advert. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think anything, all of those things feel so much bigger than me, and like they feel so sort of like they always felt like something that I could achieve, but definitely in having an awareness from like sort of like my beginnings, all of those things just feel so massive that like, I just feel grateful to like be considered to do stuff like that and to like be trusted to even do that stuff. Sometimes I think like, do you guys even know me? Like (laughs) I'm late all the time. I'm rubbish at replying to texts. I'm like, oh God. But like, yeah, um, so I just feel just always really grateful to like be given those opportunities on the basis of like only having had like at that stage a little bit of music out there as well and like haven't had the chance to like play as many shows as I would have had it been like a normal year so yeah I just try and say as yes to anything that I believe in and like as long as I don't think it compromises like my beliefs then I do it kind of thing yeah, I mean, I hear that. I think it's it's important to to do that because yeah. you're building yourself like a fantastic platform. And the, my final question is, literally, in your mind, what's what's next for you? What are the next steps for 2021, 22 and beyond? Mm, well, I want to write my next album. That's mm-hmm. like the thing that I want to do. And um, I'm looking forward to hopefully playing some shows, but really just not getting caught up in any madness and just trying to make some new music. Yeah, listen, I think we're going to be here. We're going to be waiting for it. You know, I'm going to be playing that music. I'm not going to be doing no magic or no judge, you know what I mean, here <laughs> on my side of things, you know what I mean? I'm just saying that now. But I'm looking forward to hearing more music and I'm going to be enjoying your music anyway. And obviously it's got a deluxe on it. So listen, you've done exceptionally well. Celeste, you are a star. That's all I've got to say. Oh, thank you very, very much. No. Nice Nice to meet you as well. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it there because otherwise we'll get into more conversations. I don't know. We've got a busy day. So Celeste, I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Thanks so much. No worries. Bye. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.